Section 19 of the Ingoldsby Legends, First Series. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Ingoldsby Legends, First Series, by Richard Harris Barham. Section 19. Mr. Barney Maguire has laid claim to the next saint as a countrywoman. And why wouldn't he? when all the world knows the odells were a fine old ancient family sated in tipperary ere the lord mayor stole his collar of gowd and sowled it away to a traitor he is manifestly wrong but as he very rationally observes no matter for that she's a saint anyway the lay of saint odille odille was a maid of a dignified race her father count otto was lord of alsace such an air such a grace such a form such a face all agreed twere a fruitless endeavour to trace in the court or within fifty miles of the place many ladies in strasburg were beautiful still they were beat all to sticks by the lovely odille but odille was devout and before she was nine had experienced a call she considered divine to put on the veil at st ermengarde's shrine lords dukes and electors and counts palatine came to seek her in marriage from both sides the rhine but vain their design they are all left to pine their oglings and smiles are all useless in fine not one of these gentlefolks try as they will can draw ask my papa from the cruel odille at length one of her suitors a certain count herman a highly respectable man as a german who smoked like a chimney and drank like a merman paid his court to her father conceiving his firman would soon make her bend and induce her to lend an ear to a love-tale in lieu of a sermon he gained the old count who said come mine herr phil here's luck to yourself and my daughter odille the lady odille was quite nervous with fear when a little bird whispered that toast in her ear she murmured oh dear my papa has got queer i am sadly afraid with that nasty strong beer he's so very austere and severe that it's clear if he gets in his tantrums i can't remain here but st ermengarde's convent is luckily near it were folly to stay pour prendre congé i shall put on my bonnet and e'en run away she unlocked the back door and descended the hill on whose crest stood the towers of the sire of odille when he found she'd levanted the count of alsace at first turned remarkably red in the face he anathemized with much unction and grace every soul who came near and consigned the whole race of runaway girls to a very warm place with a frightful grimace he gave orders for chase his vassals set off at a deuce of a pace and of all whom they met high or low jack or jill asked pray have you seen anything of odille now i think i've been told for i'm no sporting man that the knowing ones call this by far the best plan take the lead and then keep it that is if you can odille thought so too so she set off and ran put her best leg before starting at score as i said some lines since from that little back door and not being missed until half after four had what hunters call law for a good hour and more doing her best without stopping to rest like young lochinvar who came out of the west tis done i am gone over briar brook and rill 
they'll be sharp lads who catch me said young miss odille but you've all read in aesop or phaedrus or gay how a tortoise and hare ran together one day how the hare making play progressed right slick away as them tarnation chaps the americans say while the tortoise whose figure is rather outre for racing crawled straight on without let or stay having no post-horse duty or turnpikes to pay till ere noon's ruddy ray changed to eve's sober grey though her form and obesity caused some delay perseverance and patience brought up her leeway and she chased her fleet-footed precursor until she o'ertook her at last so it fared with odille for although as i said she ran gaily at first and showed no inclination to pause if she durst she at length felt oppressed with the heat and with thirst its usual attendant nor was that the worst her shoes went down at heel at last one of them burst now a gentleman smiles at a trot of ten miles but not so the fair then consider the styles and as then ladies seldom wore things with a frill round the ankle these styles sadly bothered odille still despite all the obstacles placed in her track she kept steadily on though the terrible crack in her shoe made of course her progression more slack till she reached the schwartz forest in english the black i cannot divine how the boundary line was passed which is somewhere there formed by the rhine perhaps she'd the knack to float o'er on her back or perhaps cross the old bridge of boats at brissac which vauban some years after secured from attack by a bastion of stone which the germans call whack all i know is she took not so much as a snack till hungry and worn feeling wretchedly ill on a mountain's brow sank down the weary odille i said on its brow but i should have said crown for twas quite on the summit bleak barren and brown and so high that twas frightful indeed to look down upon freiburg a place of some little renown that lay at its foot but imagine the frown that contracted her brow when full many a clown she perceived coming up from that horrid post-town they had followed her trail and now thought without fail as little boys say to lay salt on her tail while the count who knew no other law but his will swore that herman that evening should marry odille alas for odille poor dear what could she do her father's retainers now had her in view as she found from their raising a joyous halloo while the count riding on at the head of his crew in their snuff-coloured doublets and breeches of blue was huzzaing and urging them on to pursue what indeed could she do she very well knew if they caught her how much she should have to go through but then she'd so shocking a hole in her shoe and to go further on was impossible true she might jump o'er the precipice still there are few in her place who could manage their courage to screw up to bidding the world such a sudden adieu alack how she envied the birds as they flew no nassau balloon with its wicker canoe came to bear her from him she loathed worse than a jew so she fell on her knees in a terrible stew crying holy saint ermengarde oh from these vermin guard her whose last hope rests entirely on you 
Don't let papa catch me, dear saint, rather kill. At once, Sir Le Champ, your devoted Odile. It's delightful to see those who strive to oppress get balked when they think themselves sure of success. The saint came to the rescue, I fairly confess. I don't see as a saint how she well could do less than to get such a votary out of her mess. Odile had scarce closed her pathetic address when the rock, gaping wide as the Thames at Sheerness, closed again and secured her within its recess. In a natural grotto which puzzled Count Otto, who could not conceive where the deuce she had got to, twas her voice, but twas vox et praeteria nil, nor could any one guess what was gone with Odile. Then burst from the mountain a splendour that quite eclipsed in its brilliance the finest boodlight, and there stood St. Ermengarde dressed all in white, a palm branch in her left hand, her beads in her right, while with faces fresh gilt and with wings burnished bright, a great many little boys' heads took their flight, above and around to a very great height, and seemed pretty lively considering their plight, since every one saw with amazement and awe they could never sit down, for they hadn't de quoi. All at the sight from the knave to the knight felt a very unpleasant sensation called fright, while the saint looking down with a terrible frown said, My lords, you are done most remarkably brown. I am really ashamed of you both. My nerves thrill at your scandalous conduct to poor dear Odile. Come, make yourselves scarce. It is useless to stay. You will gain nothing here by a longer delay. Quick, presto, be gone, as the conjurers say. For as to the lady, I've stowed her away, in this hill in a stratum of London blue clay. And I shan't, I assure you, restore her to-day, till you faithfully promise no more to say nay, but declare, if she will be a nun, why she may. For this you've my word, and I never yet broke it. So put that in your pipe, my lord Otto, and smoke it. One hint to your vassals, a month at the mill, shall be nuts to what they'll get who worry Odile. The saint disappeared as she ended, and so did the little boys' heads which above and below, as I told you a very few stanzas ago, had been flying about her and jumping Jim Crow, though without any body or leg, foot or toe, how they managed such antics I really don't know. Be that as it may, they all melted like snow off a dyke, as the Scotch say in sweet Edinburgh. And there stood the Count with his men on the mount, just like twenty-four jackasses all on a row. What was best to be done, t'was a sad bitter pill, but gulp it he must, or else lose his Odile. The Lord of Alsace therefore altered his plan, and said to himself like a sensible man, I can't do as I would, I must do as I can. It will not do to lie under any saint's ban. For your hide, when you do, they all manage to tan. So Count Herman must pick up some Betsy or Nan, instead of my girl, some Sue Polly or Fan. If he can't get the corn, he must do with the bran, and make shift with the pot if he can't have the pan. With such proverbs as these he went down on his knees, and said, Blessed St. Ermengarde, just as you please. They shall build a new convent, I'll pay the whole bill, taking discount, its abbess shall be my Odile. 
there are some of my readers i'll venture to say who have never seen freiburg though some of them may and others tis likely may go there some day now if ever you happen to travel that way i do beg and pray twill your pains well repay that you'll take what the cockney folks call a poche though in germany these things are more like a dray you may reach the same hill with a single relay and do look how the rock though the whole of its block is split open as though by some violent shock from an earthquake or lightning or horrid hard knock from the club-bearing fist of some jolly old cock of a germanized giant thor woden or locke and see how it rears its two monstrous great ears for when once you're between them such each side appears and list to the sound of the water one hears drip drip from the fissures like raindrops or tears odils i believe which have flowed all these years i think they account for them so but the rill i am sure is connected some way with odil moral now then for a moral which always arrives at the end like the honey-bees take to their hives and the more one observes it the better one thrives we have all heard it said in the course of our lives needs must when a certain old gentleman drives tis the same with a lady if once she contrives to get hold of the ribbons how vainly one strives to escape from her lash or to shake off her jives then let's act like count otto and while one survives succumb to our she-saints videlicit wives aside that is if one has not a good bunch of fives i can't think how that last line escaped from my quill for i am sure it has nothing to do with odille now young ladies to you don't put on the shrew and don't be surprised if your father looks blue when you're pert and won't act as he wants you to do be sure that you never elope there are few believe me you'll find what i say to be true who run restive but find as they bake they must brew and come off at last with a hole in their shoe since not even clapham that sanctified vill can produce enough saints to save every odille end of section nineteen